MLM Nation, episode 476. Uh, you will overestimate what you can do in a year, and you will underestimate what you can do in five. Don't sweat the small stuff, he said, because it's all small stuff. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built teams to over 80,000 and is now a full-time business coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us right now. Here is Simon Chan. Hey, ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. Hey, if you feel overwhelmed or lack consistency, we have free resources on our website, mlnation.com, on how to defeat overwhelm, take action, and create consistency. Just head over to mlnation.com. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. I'm fired up to bring a power couple to you. We have Samantha and Harold Prestonbach. Hey, Samantha and Howard, are you ready to make it happen? We, we are, are ready. ready. Woo! That was quite an opening. Samantha and her husband, Harold Prestonbach, were former fitness professionals who owned a gym for over a decade until they sold it and to spend time with their three kids. They eventually got exposed to network marketing and decided to give it a shot. Uh, they experienced both the up and downs from growing super slow to growing super fast. And we're going to talk a little bit about that on today's show. Anyway, today they've achieved the highest rank of the company and our multiple six-figure earners. So Samantha Preston, welcome to the show. Um, Samantha and Harold, welcome to the show. And uh, so tell us, share a little bit about your background. You sold a gym. How did you get started in network marketing? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know... Uh, we were very blessed to have a really great friend also in the fitness industry that oddly enough was actually consulting us in our business that we come to not want to keep <laughs> but he knew actually he was a great friend and he knew that i on the side was trying to come up with all of these crazy ideas um so that i could spend time with my two baby girls at home i was trying blogging i was trying um, to write an ebook that i did not finish i was trying to do custom meal plans i was trying everything that i could think of within my talents to try and earn money from home because I still wanted to help my husband there in that way. And um, our friend came to us because he knew we are also very passionate about helping people reach their goals within the whole fitness paradigm and nutrition. And he, um, he knew that we had some things that we needed to fix, that we didn't have very many solutions. So he brought us a wonderful opportunity that of course we shot down <laughs> multiple times. Um, for several months. For many reasons. Mm -hmm. I guess we could probably get into that a little later. But, um, and finally, I just really realized that um, through seeing actually a mutual acquaintance be very successful in another company, mm -hmm. I realized that maybe the opportunity I was looking for was actually right in front of me. And uh, so we gave it a try. And I said, yeah, I know. I know five people I can help. Um, and I started helping them and it was amazing. It was amazing success. In fact, when I finally got really honest with myself, uh, I was struggling with losing five to eight pounds myself as a, as a runner and competitively lifting. I was actually not happy with my body. And so then I became a client and uh, that really just sealed the deal there. I fell in love with the health opportunity but it took me a little longer to fall in love with the business opportunity, quite honestly. So, um, so that's how we got started. And anything that you want to add to that? 
No, I mean, you know, I think it came down to trust because we turned him down like the first six months he asked this, but um, he was pretty bold and persistent. And um, being in the fitness industry, we were bombarded by people trying to, uh, what I saw was for people trying to sell us something, use our business as a platform to sell something. So I think it was um, him just coming, building that trust and um, saying the right things. And actually, there's always pivotal moments, right, in everything. We can always draw back to pivotal moments in our careers and our, in our lives. And uh, the one thing he said to me was, um, Harold, you know, through your nutrition plans and whatnot that you're giving people, he goes, are you happy with their success? Are they successful? And I said, yeah, we're pretty good. He said, what's the percentage? I said, about 20%. This was a pivotal moment, Simon. He said, so you're okay with 80% of them failing? I was like, wow. And that's mm. what it was. And I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'll, I'll, I'd love to hear more of what you got. The rest mm. is history. <laughs> um. How did he follow up with you? He followed up with you months. What do you do? Because there's a big lesson here. Like, if he didn't follow up, you obviously you wouldn't be able to do what you do and impact, you know, the people that you've impacted. How was the follow up? Yeah, so we actually had a relationship. Well, we were friends, but we also had a business relationship as he was actually um, mentoring us in our fitness business. So we actually had scheduled calls. So it wasn't weird for him to actually contact us. Not that it would have been weird, but it was easier for him, I guess, to contact us. Um, and he just would layer. He would look to, to, he would listen. You know, he had his antennas up. He would listen to our problems. He'd listen to the challenges we had. And then he would just, he would just layer it in, layer it in over time. Yeah. And um, they knew that I was more of the nutrition person and he, he knows just as much as me, but I was doing a lot of leg work. And so basically Harold was the, the gatekeeper though, to get to Sam. And, um, and he basically just said, Hey, you got to look at this opportunity and got me on the phone with uh, our friend and also his mentor. And we decided to give it a try from there. Yeah, we were still pretty stubborn, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's talk about stubborn. You said you, you fell in love with the products. It took a while before you fell in love with the business. Why? Yeah. And what happened? I think it's the same <laughs> concepts. It's the same ignorant concepts that most people have coming into this. Um, it's, you know, I don't want to sell anything to anyone. I don't want anyone to think I'm going to make money off of them. I don't, you know, the, the typical stuff we hear just being uneducated on, on what this opportunity is. Um, at least that yeah. was for me. Yeah. And we had concepts also about nutrition, you know, um, fitness professionals usually have their one or two preferred ways to help people eat really clean and anything outside of that can be very scary or not good or, you know, just gets labeled really quick. And so we just had a lot of concepts we had to work through. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the big thing that I had to, to do was honestly just get honest. Like, there were people that we were not helping. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling and just tired of struggling as a mom in my health. And I need to give something different a shot. Yeah. So I think for there, the pivotal moment was, Simon, was... Um, we realized that we were making decisions for people by yes. not offering it. And I think yep. once we started just offering it, we were like, let them make the decision and stop being decision makers for people in their health, stop making decisions for people in their wealth yeah. and um, determining if they have enough time or if they have enough uh, whatever. And yeah. I think that was a, yeah. it's, it's realizing that as much as we, it's hard for so many of us to, to have this realization, but you're a gatekeeper for somebody. Somebody looks up to you and trusts you. And if we have something of value and we don't open our mouth, 
we're literally keeping that door closed for people. And we just decided that that wasn't acceptable. That's really good aha moment. It's like, um, yeah, we don't have the right. What right do we have to force a decision on them right? or prejudge them? Just share the message and let them decide. Yeah. The, uh, you had said that you had a friend and a different company that was very successful. How come you didn't join that person in that company? It was just that the products weren't a fit? What was the... I, I was looking... We were looking for something very specific. Um, he's a number numbers guy. So we have been approached by many things. So he was looking at the comp plans and he leaned towards one that he was most attracted to there, of course. But also we didn't want to radically change what we were already doing. Mm. We knew we loved empowering people. We knew we loved talking about health. And um, we wanted to be involved with the company that kept that still at the center of what we did. Um, and something that we yeah. could get behind. Um, because if you can't, we tell people that all the time. It's like, if you can't get behind this and you're not passionate about it, then this isn't, this isn't your thing. Um, you're going to come off and you're just going to, come off selling or pushing it on people. So I think it was easy for us to get behind this. Yeah, definitely. So once you uh, start really doing the business, how was your first couple of weeks like? You know, I mean, as far as like the, what I needed to see was any kind of income. So what we were looking for was a little different. Um, I was incredibly empowered by the first $100, to be quite honest. I was like, what? I just got paid to do this. I mean, I was slinging around weights in the gym, okay? Waking up at 5 a.m., going to going home at 7 p.m., and all of a sudden, I was get paid to, you know, work from my phone. You know, so as soon as I was getting paid and people were getting results, I was in there um, as far as wanting to continue helping people. Um, yeah, for me, you. for me, it was, yeah, it was once she reached that uh, $750 a month, that was a significant, mm -hmm. you know, that's a car payment, house payment, whatnot. I was like, okay, there's a little bit of substance here. Let's dig a little deeper. Yeah. And then we leaned into our mentorship and said, hey, how do we double this down? Yeah. And now I would say as far as, so for me, there was two different points. There was the point at which I was ready to continue coaching people and their help. And there's the point in which I realized that I wanted to start learning how to be a business coach and offer the full opportunity. For me, again, I mean, it wasn't like mega dollars that <laughs> really turned the switch on for me. But when we met with our CPA and uh, within just our first six months, she's, I don't know if I can say this, the exact number that we had earned in six months, but, um, you know, it was, it was close to $20,000 for six months. And I was like, you know, he wasn't super impressed, but I was because <laughs> I knew the amount of time that I was putting into it. And quite honestly, you know, I wasn't putting a, near the amount of energy or time that I could. And that was hopeful for me. Hmm. If I focused and learned and became a student, what could we do? You know, why do you think a lot of distributors struggle? You say you, you got off, really, started doing really well. Why did, did you do well while a lot of people struggle when they get involved in network marketing? Um, I, I think because a lot of people think they're buying a lottery ticket when they come into this. Um, and I think when the first few people say no, um, they hear it as never. And we don't see it as that. Um, we just was like, you know what? We had great mentorship and they were like, no's not yet, you know, in time. 
Um, people's bombarded all the time. They're skeptical for a reason. And you, you, some people you got to gain their trust. Some people will throw credit cards at anything. And uh, and I think that was that was the main thing for us. Well, and you know we struggled. <laughs> um, we signed up our our first few clients. We almost hit a, um, a a significant milestone within just our first few months, and we turned our back on it for I don't know a year maybe almost. So well, we, well, we got into management stage. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um, so we definitely experienced many struggles. I mean, I feel like we've been um, every type of network marketer that's out there. Um, but I would say, if I look at the different types of um, you know professional that I've been personally, and I, I often try not to rope Harold into this because I had far many issues than he did, but. Um, but the problem that I faced was in the beginning, I just didn't take it seriously. I didn't, I was a real business owner. I had a brick and mortar business and this is not real. Like, you know, everything bad that I had ever heard about the industry or whatever was, was stuck in my head and a lot of pride. I, I really thought that we were gonna franchise our other business and I really thought that was gonna be the key for us creating all of our dreams in the future. So I just didn't take it seriously. Yeah. So what was a light bulb moment or aha moment or maybe it was an event that made you make that switch to see? Because obviously if you don't see it as a real business, you're never going to have that much success, right? You're just going to be a ceiling. What was the thing that turned it around for you? Yeah. yeah. So, so actually it was going to an event. It was um, – and, and we had actually told our, our mentor that, um, you know, yeah, we'll go to the event like five to six months prior to the event. And then when it came to it, like two weeks before, I was like, ah, we just got back from vacation. I don't think we can. And um, thankfully, I, I say he bulldogged me that day, but mm -hmm. he pretty much bulldogged me that day. But because he had built up the trust and he was just basically like, hey, you told me you were going. What's stopping you? You know, do you need some help getting there? And um, he called us out on our incongruencies yeah, and that yeah. we had time and money to go on a vacation, like a, a little weekend trip prior to that. But we didn't have the time yeah. and money. To invest in our future. But he had the trust, and I will say we went to the event, and the next immediately the next month we um, we hit a huge milestone in our business. Mm -hmm. So, yep. what yep. was the event that life uh, that was life changing? It was a company event for for the. But what was it? What made you What made you see things differently? Oh wow! Just meeting the people. The people. Wow. Uh, just how the authentic they were. Um, just I mean anything from not just from stage, but that that was you know we've been to many events and that I, that was expected but it was when you're standing in the bathroom line <laughs> or you're yeah. standing in the coffee line and you're talking to these people who are just so yeah. humble and well and again you know back to sam's concepts and all the negative things i had in my head i told him if we go here and we see you know people in bikinis dancing on cars and people talking about money 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 i'm out and because you know, not that that's a bad thing, but that we were looking to elevate our family, our kids, and we were just looking for something deeper. And so when I saw personally, too, the, the uh, new leaders that were being recognized and I heard their stories, I all of a sudden got the overwhelming feeling that I need to be up there because I want to become what they've become, mm. the kind of person that they became. 
and, and, and to hear them thanking the people that came before them and crying because it's been so radically life-changing for them. We wanted more of that. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, I need to experience this. And second of all, I want to be the kind of person that can give that away. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about another topic. It's my favorite question. Your worst moment. I mean, I know we talked about like, the highs and lows, but what was your worst moment in network marketing? Uh, and how long, have, well, first, how long have you been network marketing right now? Right at six years. Six years. Yeah. What was your worst moment to the point that you had, oh, maybe you had regrets that you did this, um, but because you didn't quit, that's why you are where you are today. I would say on a smaller scale that we had many of those moments just with dealing with relationships with, with clients and people with negative attitudes mm-hmm. or not. So, you know, we had moments of that, like, why are we even doing this? Why, why are we dealing with this? Mm-hmm. But... I don't think we really had. I think we looked at every challenge or obstacle yeah. as the way, right? We we had really hard stuff going on outside of our business that was far harder than anything we could experience inside of our business, from yeah. <laughs> our brick and mortar business to losing employees that were taking business. And I love there's some that we we still have great relationships with, and there's some that's just moved on, and it's fine. And I'm not you know downing any of that, but to you know to the effect of seeing my husband come home so completely broken by that business that he's drawn to tears mm. and realizing that i have an opportunity but i won't give out get out of my own way mm. and there's the moments when i lost one of my sisters and i'm you know seven months pregnant and we're pushing for the second um highest rank of the company and then we hit it and then literally six months later, I lose another sister and I have a newborn baby in a hospice house as we're working to continue growing this thing because we have no other option anymore. You know, those are the hard things. So, you know, losing a client or a coach deciding it's not a fit for them, it was never a big deal. It was small, it was small things. Yeah. It's a small perspective. Yeah, it's like the, uh, it's almost like you have to go through the obstacles and the hard stuff to be successful. Because you yeah. react, so by your reaction, right? And how you, where you put things in perspective. That's 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and we realize that. We looked at it, I think Les Brown said it. He goes, he looks at all those moments as character-building moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not problems. It's character-building moments. Where are we going to be when we go through these things, right? right? So. And, you know, th- something that inspired me, like I, um, that's helped me out a lot is sometimes you see people who uh, make it lucky. I always remind this to my coaching clients that, uh, people say lucky. Oh, I wish I could be like these people at top income earners. I wish they could be like that, right? But the and then I mean sometimes there are people who get lucky, but the real lucky, but and then you're, you're I'm stuck in the grind. But the real unlucky ones are the ones who have it easy, because they mm-hmm. know they got lucky, and if they ever lose it, they can never get it back. It'd be hard. As opposed to like yeah. you, you've gone through a lot of hard, way way harder stuff, uh, and mentally you know that hey, this MLM problem, this is nothing. I've went through some things way, way harder. So this is nothing. Yeah. I can handle this, right? It's not, it's, not, it's not having the confidence and the self-esteem that nothing can take me down because I've been through all this stuff. So the people who are quote-unquote unlucky are actually the lucky ones. And the ones who are lucky yeah. are actually unlucky because uh, if something happens to them, they can lose it all. And will they ever get it back? They don't know that. You, that's that's right on, on. I'll give you credit the first time I use that, but I'm gonna take that. We're taking. It's uh, I always say it's uh, playing the hand you were dealt. Like yeah. it was the hand you always wanted. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. hands down, right? And, and I think that's why if you're a listener and what a viewer right here, you can't compare yourself to Samantha. 
and Howard, because they went through a lot of crap you've probably never been through, or you don't even want to go there. And that's why you see, I always say, don't you know, compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 20, right? So even yeah. though you got into network marketing, but you, a lot of the hardship, with a quote unquote hardship network marketing, you've gone through 10 times worse, 100 times worse before you joined network marketing. So the personal growth, when you came in, is a different, it's, it's like a football field, right? You, you have to go 100 yards. But some people may get the board of 40 yard line, right? So when you got into network marketing, you may have gotten into 50 yard line. Well, someone would never just have a job and had it easy, have to go through the whole 400 yards. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you've definitely paid your dues. And that's why. So if you're watching this, listening to this, hey, don't compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 20. And, uh, and, and I love the validation where you shared where the challenges we go through in network marketing is way, way easier than the other stuff that you two have to go through. Yeah. It is. And anyone can look at it that way, you know. I mean, what's what's the better opportunity out there? Well, I will say that, that was the challenge, though, too, Simon. That was a challenge for us too, was because you do have some people that are coming through that their chapter and their life was different coming into this. So for us, we went through a lot. So we were kind of like, what, what, are you, "What are you crying about? This is easy." So we had to learn to have empathy right. and, 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 you know, and use Not, empathetic coaching to help them. You don't diminish other people's pain because you've experienced a bigger pain. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's never okay. I mean, it's like looking at our children, right? You know, if they stub their toe, you don't go, oh, well, that, yeah, that hurts. But, you know, yeah. there could be way worse. No, you hug them. You love them through yeah. it. Um, but you empower them to shake it off, too. Yeah. And that's what we do in network marketing. You know, we love people through their trials and errors, but we empower them that they're still powerful enough to change their situation regardless. Yeah. You meet them where they are. Yeah. Let's talk about one of the mistakes you made. You mentioned it before, Howard. Management mode. How did you get into management mode? And we all know that's the kiss of death for any leader. How did you get into management mode and how? what happened? How did you get out, how did you get out of it? Well, there was a lot of life going on. I mean, we'll say that. We, we were not any strangers to that, obviously, but um, mm -hmm. nor is anyone. Um, so we had hit that rank. We were hunting for a rank, to be honest, but it also represented other things. And um, we kind of got a little comfortable. We, we got a little um, complacent. And we all know that if you're not growing, you're not dying. I mean, if you're not growing, you're dying in this business. And we realized that we stopped. It's just like anyone. It's like, you. St why do you stop doing things that work? It's like when you're working out. You start getting muscle, we start feeling good. And it's like, oh, I'll start cutting back on that. Why? Because it was working, but I'm going to stop doing that, right? Right. So it's kind of what we did. And we started taking, I guess, the people that we brought on. And we're like, oh, all right, we have our team now. We have our team that we're going to free, that's going to bring us to freedom, and we're just going to pour into them. And then when a leader, what I've realized now is when a leader, that's not a leader. A leader's not, let me gain, let me get, collect my 10 people or my 20 people or whatnot. And then try to ride to. this way. No, a leader continues to lead. A leader continues to acquire clients. A leader continues to sponsor um, uh, distributors or whatever it's called in, 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 your, in your thing. And because the speed of the leader is the speed of the team, right? So we had gotten very complacent and started managing the team we had. Yeah. Right. And it was confusing, too, because we were still bringing on new clients and new coaches every single month, um, but not with the same intensity that yeah. we were before. It was yeah. like, oh, we met our numbers, you know, and, and it, we didn't have that thought. But I realized looking back now that it came through in our actions. We weren't doing it as well and as, um, you know, intently as we were prior. So so how did you get out of the management mode? What, what uh, happened to wake you up to get back into leading 
there's a couple of things that I can, I mean, I can remember key things. One, I poured into personal development. I remember going to an event outside of our company and I remember just coming back on fire. Yeah. And fire. I said, what are we doing? Like, mm -hmm. what are we doing? Um, and I just, I came back on fire and I said, look, this is, I'm looking at it. I said, our team, you know, you look at other leaders in the team that hit the highest rank. I said to our team, those are unicorns. They know of them. So to them, it's like a mythical creature to be able to achieve that rank. I said, we have to become that unicorn for our team to show them that, hey, something closer to home. Hey, these are people closer to home. It can be done. It's not a myth, you know. And I said, if anything, we deserve to do it for, for them. And um, so we buckled down and we did it. And I tell you what, that was a year ago. And I look back 12 months later from then to now and the leaders that have come up and hit the highest rank on our team. Also, it was like we opened the door. It's kind of like breaking the four minute mile. No one could do it. But once they, someone broke it, okay. then all of a sudden people were breaking it. Yeah. How do you, um, as a you know, couple, spout, how do you do the business together without uh, getting on each other's nerves? <laughs> well, because we never do get on each other's yeah. nerves, ever. Um, no, I mean, you know what? You Money aside, all the amazing blessings that's happened to our life, and of course, being able to help other people, um, this has drawn us closer together as a couple than even our other business. In fact, our other business, we were at odds all the time. The only time we started seeing eye to eye in that business was when we both agreed that we wanted out. <laughs> and uh, in, uh, in this business, I think the thing that happened is we both decided we wanted it so bad that I was finally willing personally to look at also, we both did, our, our strengths and our weaknesses you know, and to look at each other's strengths and not the other person's weaknesses. And put egos aside. Yes. And so what we did is we pulled together my strengths, his strengths, and we made that one. Okay, where I am really good and where are you really good? And this is where we need to operate. And also another thing was um, a lot of couples tend to have, you know, someone that is analytical, a little more organized, a little more structure, and then you might have another individual that is a little more free-flowing and maybe loves to talk a lot or whatever, you know, charismatic and loves being with people. You know, for me personally, it was looking at my husband as that he had an immense skill set I needed. I was not very good at planning. Even as a business owner, other people still plan my time. In this business, I needed to truly learn how to be an entrepreneur and a boss for myself. And so it was simple things like going to him and saying, you know what? I'm a mess. I'm a hot mess. I got calls everywhere. I got clients everywhere. And um, I need your help organizing this. You know, I give you permission to be my manager and to do it lovingly, though. You know, so, um, you know, it's looking at each other and saying you have something that I can benefit from. And if we pull together, we're going to be one strong, amazing partner, you yeah. know? So that was personally for us, um, you know, a, a very huge decision that moved our business forward light years. And, and one reason why we went from slow to fast. Um, the other thing was both of us staying very grounded first in family and our faith and um, always putting what mattered the most first, which is, you know, God in our life and that we're doing this for our kids first. Yeah. You know, we're doing this to break chains. We come from not much. Um, we come from a lot of love and that's about it. 
And so we're literally, you know, changing the course and the trajectory for our family. And so above business, above everything else, we needed to constantly have those moments, date nights, and um, just time together, time, me and him, time with our kids, time with our God. Hey, ML Nation, here's something cool for you, and it's free. Now, I know that you know you should be working on your income-producing activities every day, but do you ever wonder how many prospects you need to reach out to every day, or how many you need to invite and actual follow-up in order to earn a full-time income? Or how many times you should be posting on social media? Now you know those answers and what to do and how many people you need to reach out to with your free DMO cheat sheet that will keep you on track every day. Now, not only can you print it out and put it next to you, but we made it even easier for you. We made it so that it's a wallpaper for your phone, because I know you're building your business with your phone, so that anytime you pick up your phone, you look at your DMO cheat sheet, it's right there, and it'll remind you of what you need to do and keep you focused. Go get your free DMO cheat sheet. Just go to mlnation.com for your free download. Again, just go to mlnation.com and get your DMO cheat sheet. Awesome. Hey, it's, it's been an awesome show. Thank you so much. As we go uh, to the end of the show, some quick questions to pick your brains. Okay, these should be really quick questions. Uh, one sentence answers. Uh, first one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? You go ahead. So I heard this at my second event, and it stuck with me forever. And it is, if any man for any reason has the right to lead an extraordinary life, he has no right to keep it to himself. That's Jacques Cousteau. Mm. Um, Harold, or you want to pass? Uh, I'll give one. I just recently I used one. It was um, if anyone cannot be a good follower, they cannot be a great leader. And I think that's so true. It's good. What is one habit that each of you have that's helped you become successful? I think for, for, for me personally is a, a morning ritual. I think it's powerful and how you start your day is so important. What's your ritual like? What's your ritual? So it's pretty much the same every day. So I think the first thing you put in your mind is the most is going to fuel it for the rest of the day. So it could be a book I'm using. It could be scriptures. Um, it could be both. Um, and then typically I'll do some light reflection, meditation, 10 minutes, just, just no thoughts. And then um, I'll do some short stretching, usually 15, 20 minutes just to, yep, every morning. Yeah. And in and, and me, it's very similar. I read the morning, uh, Miracle Morning. Uh, we have a three-year-old, so sometimes he's our miracle hmm. in the morning. But uh, but for the most part, that's we we aim to hit the same structure. Yeah. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you ever received? Oh wow! It was um, heard this at one of our first events. Uh, you will overestimate what you can do in a year, and you will underestimate what you can do in five. And I have one that that sticks with me to this day. It was actually the visionary of the entire company. And I remember walking down the hallway, and he said. Harold, don't sweat the small stuff. He said, because it's all small stuff. And that's something I lean on to every day. That's right. It's all small stuff. So true. Uh, what's your favorite prospecting tool? So, say you have a qualified prospect. What do you send them? Do you send them an online video? Do you use Facebook groups, uh, app? What do you like to use? Oh, well, um, if we have a qualified prospect already, then we use our company video that leaders have come up with. And then we pull it to a Zoom. Uh, what is your favorite app on your phone? Or you have an online resource like a Dropbox or Evernote that you could recommend? 
I personally love, um, I'm very into, I love social media, I love graphics, I love pretty things, so I love to use word swag and um, customize my own quotes. It's really fun and easy, and so I love that. Um, also Canva, C-A-N-V-A, is great for just adding text and cool things or um, making PDFs or whatever you might want to do. So those are my two favorites. What is one book each of you could recommend? If you had to recommend one book, what would it be? Gosh, narrow it down to one, huh? Or two or three. I'm giving to <laughs> I'm giving to uh, Brendan Burchard, High Performance Habits, yeah. and um, Stephen Covey's son, Speed of Trust. Yeah. Um, the Alchemist. Man, I wasn't a reader prior to this business, guys. Um, and I started with something that was very inspirational. I love that book, and it started me off down reading many. Um, so The Alchemist, and then uh, the one thing hmm. was really enlightening for me. Definitely. I love that. The Alchemist and one thing. Um, here, here's the last question, and both of you can take your own version. It's the million-dollar question. You ready? All right. What you got? So imagine to start all over again. And you knew no one. So you didn't know each other, didn't know your kids, you had no family, no friends. You're kind of like an alien that went to another world. Okay? But you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you do or the first place you go to build an MLM business from scratch? I would meet people. Yeah, I, we call it collecting friends. I would Where would you go? Where would I go? Um, I'd go to a coffee shop, quite honestly. Everyone's chilled, relaxed, drink a cup of coffee. And it's not hard to say hi, and it's not hard to start a conversation. And you're not selling people on the spot on anything. You're truly starting relationships. Yeah, I, I go I go to wherever my hobby is because I can genuinely, authentically just thrive in that environment. So I go to a gym or uh, hiking or, or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Hey, as we wrap up, any last words or advice? And then what's the best way listeners can connect with you? Um, so you can connect with us, Samantha Prestonbach, Carol Prestonbach on Facebook or Instagram, as well as you can find us at The Freedom Parents on Instagram and Facebook. And um, words of wisdom, guys, if you have seen this done, if you know people in your business that are leading the kind of life that you want to live, don't give up on your dream. Do what they've done. Don't make excuses. Don't build your list of why you shouldn't or shouldn't have to. But instead, just trust the process, follow their lead, and you won't be mad at yourself later for doing it. I promise. And I'll give you a two-liner. I think just make sure that your why is bigger than other people's opinions. Once my why was bigger than other people's opinions, it was game-changer. Hey, ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with Samantha and Harold Prestonbach. So keep up the momentum. Go to mlnation.com. Just type in Samantha or Harold at the search bar and all the show notes, the nuggets of wisdom, and the link to their uh, contact will be right there. Hey, in order to be successful in life and network marketing, you must help others. So Samantha and Howard, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on many lives as possible. Thank you. Thanks again and God bless you too. Thank you. Thank God you, bless Simon. you. Hey, ML Nation. Thanks to our guest for a great show today. And now it's your turn. Now, before we go to the recap, remember, unless you take consistent action on what you just learned, it's useless and you basically wasted your time and our time. You need to take action. 
And if you feel overwhelmed or struggle with consistency, head over to our website, mlnation.com, and we have free resources that will help you defeat overwhelm, take action, and create consistency. Just head over to mlnation.com. Hey, ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. Recap and review with that amazing episode. I love that conversation with Samantha and Howard Preston Bach. If you like this, go to MLNation.com. Just type in Howard or Samantha on the podcast tab, and you'll see the show notes, and then you'll be able to see uh, all the nuggets of wisdom there and also the link to reach out to Howard and Samantha. Hey, um, here's the, some uh, recap, some big aha moments. Number one is you got to let others make that decision when you're recruiting. Stop prejudging. Stop holding holding them back, right? When you're holding them back, you're prejudging, thinking, oh, they may not be interested. You're, ju- you're prejudging. What right do you have, right? You just share. Let them make the decision. Let them say yes, maybe, or no. But just don't hold yourself back. Don't be that goalkeeper for someone. Go focus on helping. And you got to be, be passionate behind the problem. Work on the belief. If you're hesitant, uh, one of the major tur- you know, turning points for them, again, we've heard this over and over again, was going to an event, right? You got to go to your company's conference, convent. You went to an the event, they saw real people and authenticity. Sometimes, you know, this business can be difficult being at home and away from, unless you're you know, fortunate to live where your company's headquarters is based out of. But normally it's difficult to have that belief. So when you go to an event and see all these like-minded people who are inspiring real people, I know for me, it was like my turning point was when I went to my first event in San Diego in 2004, uh, April uh, 2004 in the San Diego Convention Center. I'll never forget about that event. I've been to a lot of events, but that was really my first memorable one. So, go, gotta go to events. You know, the obstacle is the way, right? The, and it's really about the journey. Uh, if you see people like Samantha Preston, you know, Samantha Preston Bach and Harold, how they can do what they do, it's because they got through so much more crap that, you know, if you think MLM is hard, I'm telling you, MLM is way easier than doing other things, whether it's running a gym business or even running an MLM nation is way, way harder than network marketing, okay? Network marketing is a really simple business. Not easy, but simple, and you just have to do it over and over and over again. And don't compare yourself. We talked about this chapter one versus some of the chapter 20. Because someone like, you know, you see Samantha Howard, they got success really quickly, but they've been through so much more in their life journey than most people have. So that when he came in, they say it's like the football field. You're there on the 50-yard line already. They weren't starting at someone like me, like a shy, quiet Asian kid. I had to start like the whole 90, 99 yards to get to the touchdown, right? It took me two and a half years to go full-time. Two and a half, you know, first couple of months made no money. But, hey... Just keep focusing on working on the journey. And there will be ups. And even when they're good, it's going to come back down. And then go back up again. That is part of the entrepreneur roller coaster. And uh, so, remember, success is a letdown. The thrill is in the pursuit. The thrill is in that journey. Don't stop what you're doing. If you got some success, the worst thing is to be a management mode. Hope these people will take off and do everything for you. Leaders always lead by example. And that means they always continue to recruit. Sponsor, recruit, recruit, recruit. You gotta be that unicorn, as Howard says on the, you know, the one on stage. You gotta be that person. Um, last thing is morning. You know, we talk about building business as a couple. Um, you look at each other's strengths and weaknesses. That was a great sharing right there. And then all successful people they have morning rituals, right? Uh, what do they do to get the day started? Whether it could be an hour ritual, or a ten minute ritual, you gotta have some type of ritual. Set your days, your plan your day, and. Uh, before and start your day on the right. You want to be on the offense and not reactive in the defensive mode. Hey, MI Nation, thank you for listening. If you like this, definitely connect with Samantha and Howard. Um, if you like this, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. If you do, just lift up the profession. And uh, thank you for listening. Hey, I'm Simon Chan. I'm loud and proud to be part of this amazing profession. Now it's over to you, MI Nation. Remember, 
We're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us today. Now head over to MLMNation.net for valuable recaps of every show and also to get your free training resource on how to use online duplication to grow your business. Thanks again for being a part of this amazing profession.